The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network Podcast, the Golf Edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He's Peter Jennings from Fantasy Labs. And this week, if the last three felt like a little bit of an appetizer, this week feels like a big bite into the main course of the golf year. The Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, always a big event with no football going on this weekend. Uh, Petey, what's going on? How have you been? And uh, how much are you looking forward to this one? Yeah, this is going to be a great golf tournament. Uh, I actually did catch the end of the American Express uh, in between commercials of the uh, the Chiefs game. So that was a, a lot of fun watching football and catching the end. Can't lay with an unbelievable weekend, but see, woo, Kim, with uh, a nice victory. And we've talked a lot about him. How you want to buy see, woo, when he's longer odds because he can win at any time. Uh, when he starts getting to be the favorite, that's when I normally get off him with the variance in his game. But what a beautiful golf swing and a ball striking display that he put on last weekend. Yeah. First of all, uh, it might've been you, me and a couple of degenerates listening to this pod who were the only people actually watching that final roundup against the AFC championship game. PGA tour needs to do something about uh, fixing the timing of some of these early year tournaments. But other than that, yeah. Siwoo Kim is a guy who's really impressed me. We've always known that he's got a high ceiling, but a low floor over the past few years. He's a guy that can win at any given time, but also can shoot 78-78 and be slamming the trunk on a Friday afternoon. What he's shown us over the last six months or so is that he has raised that floor. He still has the high ceiling, still capable of winning, as we just saw this past weekend, but he has raised the floor, and I think that that makes him a lot more valuable when we start looking at him moving forward for, you know, even not just outrights, but Top 10s, top 20s, DFS plays, I, I think Siwoo becomes a lot more valuable as, a, uh, as an option now that he has raised that floor. Yeah, I mean, his ball strike has been really good. I'm still, I still think there's going to be a little volatility in his game, but he's certainly starting to play significantly better. And, and mentally, I think um, there's some big improvements. So, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be interesting, and he's a fun player to root for. And, uh, yeah, we have a bunch of really, really good players uh, this week. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, let's move on to this week because last week was absolutely awful for me. I apologize to anyone who tried tailing my picks last week. Look, uh, it'd been a lot of long shots over the past 10 years who had won the Amex. And so I tried picking some long shots and we try picking long shots and they don't come through. You look really bad. And so uh, that's what I did last week. So looking to jump back on the horse. The great thing about golf is that we got a tournament every single week. And so if you don't uh, come out on top, you don't come out on the plus side of things one week. Well, a few days later, you're jumping back in and getting right back at it. So cannot wait for this one at Torrey Pines. We've got some weather coming through. I mean, uh, the Torrey Pines area, uh, La Jolla is absolutely beautiful when the weather is nice. There's no place better when the weather is 78 with a nice little breeze coming through. It ain't going to be that this week. It's going to be low sixties with a little wind coming through a lot of rain, especially early in the week, moving into Thursday and Friday. And so, when you look at that weather, how does that impact some of your plays for this week, Peter? Well, I think it means that you're going to have to value distance even more if it's going to be that cold and if the course gets wet. It's already a course that requires distance. You want the bombers here. And if the course is going to play 
damp and cold, which temperature has a big impact on the, you know, how far the ball travels. Uh, I think it just makes a, a bigger premium on distance. And then, you know, if we have rain and wind, there could be a weather edge too uh, in DFS. So uh, I'm, and, and obviously betting as well. So I'm looking at all those things and I certainly hope there's significant weather because that generally uh, creates more edge for the sharper handicappers. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. I think that if you're picking guys this week who aren't at least uh, above average as far as driving distance and as far as distance with their irons, which is sort of an underrated stat because it's not a stat. We look at driving distance. We don't look at six iron different distance. We don't look at nine iron different distance. And I think that those things can really help. Mark Leishman is a perfect example. The winner of this event last year, he's played well here in the past as well. His driving distance isn't fantastic. We look at a big burly guy and he hits his irons really long. And so I think that that's something we have to take into account, especially this week where, you know, okay, maybe, you know, driving distance is, moderate when it's like one guy's hitting at 310 and another guy's hitting at 295 and one guy's considered long and the other guy's considered short. And I get it. It's a one club differential, but if you can hit a six iron 15 to 20 yards longer than some of your peers, I think that makes a huge difference. So let's get to the top of the board this week. And of course, John Rahm is the favorite. He's finished first, second, and fifth in three of his last four starts at this event itself and so uh, of course got his first pga tour victory at tory pines rory mcelroy has played only the last two years and all he's done is finish third and fifth so uh, rightly at the top of the board are you looking at either of those guys as viable outright picks of course they can win this week but are they viable for you taking them outright at their numbers uh rory's really close i i you know how bullish i am on john rom i think it's a little too uh, short of a number, but we have a stacked field here and Finau playing well last week. Uh, I think he's a fantastic fit here. was hoping that he could get a win last week, but there's a lot of really good names. Uh, if I had to pick one, it'd be Rory. He did play really well last week. Uh, thought he had a really good chance to win, but Terrell Hatton uh, won overseas. So uh, for me, I am looking, I guess, a little bit more at Rory, who I think should be the favorite over John Rahm, considering he's played more recently and, and his, his form from last week. Yeah, I think Rahm has two things going against him. Uh, we talk about the course history being really good, but of course, just switched to Callaway clubs at the beginning of this year, which uh, just a few weeks ago at Kapalua, we were talking about, oh, you know, maybe stay away from him for a little bit with switching manufacturers. And then the other part is that he was supposed to play last week at the Amex and withdrew due to what he said was a little tweak of his back when he was working in the gym the week before and, you know, just more of a precautionary measure type of thing beforehand but still the fact that it was enough to keep him from playing last week should tell us something about going into this week so let's get to the rest of the top tier you mentioned tony finau's name i mean it feels like the same old story pete uh finau 54 hole co-leader has a chance to win doesn't play badly in the final round shoots 68 missed a couple of short putts missed the green from 70 yards out and all of a sudden finishes in fourth place. And so I know a lot of people are disappointed, discouraged. Finau doesn't seem like he's one of them. Finau seems like he is uh, pretty optimistic moving forward and he should be here. Uh, he has finished in the top 25 in all six of his starts at Torrey Pines. This is the best course fit for Tony Finau in my mind of the entire year. So I love Finau this week. Uh, top five, top 10, top 20 props. I will tell you for those who are going to watch the gimme on Wednesday evening, I will be very heavily invested in those 
Finau props. Uh, some other guys, uh, Patrick Reed, I don't mind. Xander Shoffley's got sort of a weird record at this being his hometown event. At some point, he's going to bust out here, though, because, of course, really does fit him pretty well. Harris English won at Kapalua. Brooks Kepka, who knows what's going on with him. It was just reported that he has moved away from swing coach Claude Harmon III. Uh, getting down a little bit more, Hideki Matsuyama, there, there's my favorite outright pick. I, I think that if Hideki can putt just – just average, maybe a little bit above average. He has a really good chance of winning that ball striking has been really solid. He puts better on Poana. Anybody else in this top tier that you're looking at, Pete, where you say, you know, that, that's my guy. That's where I'm putting uh, a decent amount of my investment. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Xander a lot. I think he's probably priced at kind of that 12 to 1 range, which, you know, basically everyone else I'm showing is negative value at the top. Uh, I think Rory is basically properly priced and Xander's properly priced. Uh Showing less value. I, I think the markets uh, have actually done a really good job this week uh, with how they're priced here on Tuesday morning. Uh, not as much value as we, we normally see. So hoping the weather might shake some things out and give us some edges based on tee times. But yeah, I don't see much value. And I, I think the order is right. I mean, I think it should be, I think Rory and Rom should be flipped, then Xander and then Fino. And that's a clear top four. Uh, and then you get into a range of a bunch of guys. Uh, I think Kepka's priced badly. I'd love to fade Kepka if I could. But yeah, Matsuyama, English, M. Uh, I like Adam Scott this week. Um, we'll see how Jason Day looks. Scotty Scheffler had a you know frustrating miscut on the number. Uh, Cameron Smith, Victor Hovland. Uh, getting a little farther down, someone that I'm actually pretty encouraged by is Ricky Fowler and his stats last week. Yeah. So. I'm interested in Ricky. I mean, Matthew Wolf has got some really short odds, but this could be a good course for him. Gary Woodland came back and looked a yes. little healthier. Um, Charlie Hoffman, I certainly am interested in. So a lot of names kind of uh, in the high mid-tier uh, where I see a little bit more value, but whew, it is tough to find uh, guys that are value. I think they've done a really good job with the markets this week. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I, I think one of the themes that we've seen over the first few weeks is that the guys at Sony who had played the week before at the Century Tournament of Champions at Kapalua tended to have an advantage. We saw Kevin Nas, the winner that week. Kevin Na had played the week before, just got those competitive juices flowing just a little bit and parlayed that into a victory the next week. Last week at the Amex, the guys who had played already, I mean, some of the guys that I liked last week, Aaron Wise missed the cut, Doc Redman didn't play very well at all near the bottom of those who made the cut. Doc Redman. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Hadn't played yet in 2021, and it seemed to favor the guys who at least had played one, if not both, of the Hawaii swing events. And so a few guys that ostensibly we should like this week. You mentioned Jason Day's name. He's a two-time champion here. Bubba Watson has a really nice record here. Dylan Fratelli, I think, is a really good course fit. None of those guys have played yet in 2021. Does that take you off of them just a little bit? Are, are you giving a little more value, a little more um, reason to take a guy who's already played at least once this year? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, I've talked about it in the podcast, I think. Uh, you know, one indicator that has a ton of signal is guys having competitive rounds of golf. So I want guys who have played recently. Uh, I want guys who, you know, for sure at least have one event. And just looking through, uh, the guys who have played the most are actually popping a little bit more for me. Uh, so I think that's a really uh, good point. And we do have a very clear course fit here uh, that's going to be dramatic, especially with the, the rain and the, the cooler conditions. 
in DFS, you might be able to get away with uh, taking, you know, some of these accuracy guys in hopes that you get them really low owned. But uh, whew, it is it is interesting. Uh, I do think there's some value as we get farther down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite pick, I think, farther down is Patrick Rogers, who I think has a great course fit here. You know, he's kind of in that, like, 200 to 1 range. I think he should be lower odds than that. Uh, I'm still interested in Wyndham Clark who was disappointing, but uh, I think he's interesting. I'm somewhat interested in Carlos Ortiz. I think he's another interesting one, but there's a lot of really good names kind of in this mid-tier, you know, guys like Jason Kokrak, Luke Liss, uh, Bubba Watson, who I know doesn't have the best history, but there's some yeah, interesting he's names. Good. He's one here. He's only one. I thought he had bad history. I have him as a negative. No, no. Solid history here. Yeah. Huh. Hasn't played. He took a bunch of years off, but That's, solid okay. history here. Okay. He took a bunch of so I'm just looking at my spreadsheet right now. So apologies for uh, for, for my my history metric on him is actually not that great because he probably the the time taken off, but the, the fact that he won and he should be a good course fit. My course fit for him is solid. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of names in this mid tier. Even guys we we're talking about before, like Will Zalat Forrest. I'm interested to see how he plays. Emiliano Grillo was really playing well. Was leading last week at times. So I see a ton of interesting names. Do you have a favorite kind of in this mid to bottom tier? Yeah, I mean, it always depends where we kind of cut off the mid-tier and, you know, the lines are blurred from mid-tier to bottom tier. Sort of mid-tier, I mean, some of the guys that like Ryan Palmer, who was in a playoff year three years ago, then finished 13th, 21st the last two years. He's sort of a course fit kind of guy. When he gets a course that he likes, he tends to play there, play well there every single year. Cameron Davis coming off a really good finish. I expect him to be really popular in DFS, but He's a guy that should continue playing well, hits it a long way. Gary Woodland, you mentioned, really like him. Taylor Gooch is a guy that's going to be another popular play this week, but for good reason. Charlie Hoffman, I think a lot of people are going to jump off of because he withdrew in the third round last week with a back injury, but seems like he's fine. He's back home where he grew up playing golf, and so I, I think Charlie Hoffman could be a very strong play this week, especially if he's a little bit lower owned for DFS purposes. And we get down to some names I'll, I'll sort of break that off from mid-tier to lower tier. And then we get to uh, Max Homa, who I expect to bounce back from a really disappointing final round. He was a 54-hole co-leader alongside Siwoo and Finau and shot 76 to finish T21. Can you imagine having a Max Homa top 20 ticket this past week? Oh we're sitting there going into Sunday saying, all right, we're tied for the lead. I mean, this is I'll cash this. I'll start spending the money now. And all of a sudden, you do not cash that one. I mentioned Dylan Fratelli. Really good course fit. Just uh, worried a little bit that he hasn't played yet this year. Going down the list a little bit further, uh, James Hahn has played really well lately. James Hahn has won at Riviera. James Hahn is a guy that every once in a while, uh, every few years at, at a big course against a big field, James Hahn can step up and play some really good golf. So uh, he's a guy that I'm targeting. John Haw. I mentioned last week that I thought John Huh was extremely overvalued in the marketplace. He finished in 21st place. He didn't play badly. He's got a nice track record at Torrey Pines. And so uh, you look at John Huh, now I think he's valued right. I think he's priced right. And so I, I think that John Huh could be a pretty good player this week. Luke List, you usually like. And then uh, you mentioned my guy as far as uh, one major sort of long shot, if I could only take one guy and throw a dart, Wyndham Clark is going to do some damage over the next four to six weeks on the West Coast swing. And he's a guy that, you know, we can look at all the analytics, look at all the stats. I, I break it down to this. He hits the ball a long way and makes a lot of putts. At some point, 
everything in between those things is going to come together and he's going to start finding himself on leaderboards and maybe even win a tournament at some point. So hopefully this is the week for Wyndham Clark. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned, I love Wyndham Clark puts it so good, hits it so far the in between stuff is a little concerning, but if he could get that stuff really clicking, I think there's a tremendous upside in Wyndham Clark. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Let's do the five questions. Five questions under five minutes and get to our DFS lineup. All right, let's do it. Okay, well, we have a a fun one I'm actually really excited about. Five minutes, five questions you never asked. I got to be honest with you. I get a little irritated when somebody calls me away from my golf. This is Five Under with Jason Sobel and Peter Jennings. Uh, Super Bowl edition. We have the Super Bowl coming, and uh, my first question is, do you bet Super Bowl props, and have you looked at any Super Bowl props yet? I will. I bet everything. You know that, Peter. I bet uh, everything. I will bet uh, everything, and I have not completely looked yet. I need to I, I need to look at everything on Fantasy Labs. I need to look at all our Action Network stuff. I mean, come on. I can't just blindly jump into this a week and a half ahead of time, so I, I got to do my research. But, um, yes, I, I will get into some – do I have a good one right now? Let me let me pick out a good one. I, how about Tyreek Hill over on receiving yards? I think he's just going to torch the Buccaneers defense. How's that sound? Okay, I like it. Did you play any showdown last year? And have you seen the contests for uh, DraftKings and, and FanDuel? And now Super Draft has uh, some really big contests as well. So uh, multiple chances to win a million bucks uh, in, a, in a DFS contest for the Super Bowl. I'm sure I played showdown lineups for the Super Bowl last year. I'm, I guarantee I did. I don't remember what I played because I'm sure I didn't cash much on it. But yes, of course, I will jump back in on those. I, again, uh, recurring theme. There's not much that I pass up. I, you know, I'm sitting here looking at uh, hockey lineups for tonight right now on both DraftKings and FanDuel. So you know me. I, I'm not bypassing anything if they're available. All right. I love it. All right. Enough with the uh, advertisements for, for Fantasy Labs and Action <laughs> Network and Action Labs and everything, which are going to be great. Uh, I'm really excited about all the opportunity in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think there's tremendous uh, edges to be had in DFS and in uh, betting props. But more fun questions. What's your favorite Super Bowl commercial ever? I don't know. I'm thinking like some of those old Budweiser, like the Budweiser frogs yeah. were probably like, that was a Super Bowl commercial, wasn't it? Of course. Yeah, I, I, Betty White <laughs> with the Snickers in 2010 was one that uh, I went back and watched. That's pretty fun. All right. Next question is, uh, is Tom Brady the GOAT in your mind? Oh, no doubt about it. And I say this as a New England Patriots fan who uh, pretended for half the year that I'd never even heard of Tom Brady and Cam Newton and, Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham were all superior quarterbacks to Brady and they were going to lift the Patriots once again to the promised land. And yes, I, uh, but yes, as a uh, huge Brady fanboy for the past 20 years and someone who tried to largely ignore him for part of the year, I will absolutely admit that he is the goat and it's probably not close, honestly. All right. Last question. The line's kind of teetering here. So 
Yeah, I'll give you multiple choice options. You can bet Kansas City minus three and a half plus 100. Mm-hmm. You can bet Tampa Bay plus three and a half minus 120-ish, looking at the action work odds right now. Or you can get closer. If it's, if it's three, then you're having to pay more juice on Kansas City. You're getting better numbers on Tampa Bay. Out of those four, and I guess you can, if, even if you want, if you want to say money line too, I'm fine with that. So you got three and a half, three or money line. What side are you taking right now, Jason? You have to, you're, you have to make a bet right now. What are you taking? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably buy the half point and take the Chiefs at minus three. Um, I don't like teasing through zero. Here's, here's the problem with only having one game is that I can't tease with nine other things going on and, and try to find some value and move the lines a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think Chiefs minus three is the right number, but uh, betting against Brady doesn't feel very good at home either. Brady is at home, and I think the most underrated element, and trust me, I love Mahomes, but, man, Fisher going down with that Achilles injury yeah. is brutal, and the Chiefs were already thin at the offensive line. So my biggest concern is uh, if you're back in the Chiefs is uh, the offensive line. If I'm backing Tampa Bay, betting against Mahomes feels really stupid as someone uh, who bet on the Bills last week. So, uh, And I've almost always bet on Kansas City, but it is what it is. All right, there's our yeah. five questions. Super Bowl edition, that was fun. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. All right. Let's get to our uh, ultimate DFS lineup that we do every week. And this one is going to be interesting because I think there are a lot of ways to go. Um, if you want to try to get Rom and or Rory in this lineup, you got to go pretty deep to find some long shots in there, or you could play a little more balanced lineup. So uh, why don't you kick things off, Peter, and see uh, where are you going with your first pick here this week? Okay, I think there's two guys that I really love from a value perspective at the top in DFS. So I'm going to spend money off the bat. I'm going to go with Rory, uh, who I think, I mean, it was so disappointing to see how he played last year. And he didn't even play, like, you go through and you're like, man, Rory had such a disappointing season uh, after the, you know, the, the COVID break. He made every cut after the COVID stretch, just wasn't winning. Um, and it was just little things that like his ball striking stats were still pretty elite, uh, very elite, honestly, just didn't kind of put it together. And he talked about how the motivation and he really likes the crowd, um, which obviously is not going to be relevant this week. Um, but Man, his performance last week got me interested, and I feel like this 2021 calendar year is going to be extremely good for Rory McIlroy. So uh, he should be a favorite in my mind, and you're getting him 300 cheaper than John Rahm. I also really like Xander at 10-4, who I think Mm -hmm. should be the third most expensive. So at the top of the board, I like those two for value, and maybe Finau is the contrarian pick. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to start with Rory. Oh, see, I think Finau is sort of a popular pick this week. I think Finau is a guy that's going to be on a lot of radar screens. I like him a lot. He should be popular. The only reason I'm saying that, and I, I don't think he's going to be like under-owned, but like people are going to look at the odds and they're going to see Xander's 12 to 1 and Tony's 17 to 1 and Tony's 300 more. So more so in high stakes, I think Tony Finau might be a little bit sneaky, but not super sneaky. I think course history throws a lot of people off the Xander scent this week. He's played five times at Torrey Pines, has a T25 and four missed cuts. Sure. He said he doesn't really understand it. I found a quote from him last year saying, I I love it here. It's home. I live 20 minutes away. Uh, I think it's awesome. I just haven't played well here yet, but it shows how much I love this 
tournament in this course because I keep coming back every year. So uh, let's make a little bit. I think this is going to be a very contrarian lineup to start. So I will throw Xander in there. I mentioned him in my column this week. I think he's a really nice OAD play if you're playing one-and-done pools because not many, if anybody else in your pool is going to have Xander. So I think there's a lot of value there. So we've got Rory and Xander to start, and now we've only got 71.50 per man left for the last four. So we've got to do some digging. Okay, that's no problem. I am totally fine doing some digging. Uh, let's throw out, this is a unique one, and I'm curious your opinion. We didn't talk about him at all, but big, beautiful Harry Higgs. Uh, I'm throwing him in the lineup at a fun price of 6,900. I feel like a lot of things work in there. Uh, started to play pretty well down the stretch. There's some volatility here, but he's got firepower, so I'm fine with Harry Higgs. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, hits ball a long way, does have some firepower. I think that Uh, He's not a great putter, but putting is going to be neutralized. I think you look at the guys who don't ordinarily make a lot of putts, the Adam Scotts and the Hideki Matsuyamas, and uh, this week sort of levels the playing field. And I think uh, Harry Higgs, you can throw in there as well, and it'll level the playing field for a guy like him. So I like that. I'm going to go to the guy that I mentioned before. I I think Wyndham Clark is going to pop at some point very soon. I think it can be this week. Again, hits the ball a long way and he does make putts. I, you know, that's, that's half the formula, if not more, right there for being a, uh, a profitable PGA Tour professional. So uh, Clark at 6,800, I think it's a nice play. I love that. I think Higgs is the worst value. I think we're nailing like all my optical plays here. I threw in Higgs for the, the fun of it and wanted to call him Big Beautiful. I'm going to throw in another guy who I love that I already mentioned. I love Clark. I'm going to give you some money to spend too relative to where we were. I'm going Patrick Rogers at 6,800, who is one of the best values for me in terms of outrights. And uh, I just think he is way too cheap in the markets. This guy is the perfect type of golfer for this setup. And yeah, he missed the cut last week, shot 75 in round two. Um, he played pretty good at the Mayakoba. And, you know, you look at his results, they were a lot of missed cuts, but some good results. And he's got firepower and he's just such a good athlete. Uh, I'm hoping we see more out of Patrick Rogers this year. Uh, 6,800. I'll gamble on that. He's a guy that I've liked for a long time. I've gotten burned by last year. I got burned by Patrick Rogers oh, an yeah. awful lot. Uh, high ceiling, low floor in this event. Totally he's played five times, two top tens, three missed cuts. And so that, that's, that's look at that, well, let's even that out and get a third top 10 this week. And, and hopefully we can uh, be on the right side of that. Higgs and uh, Rogers making the cut. You know, one of those guys is going to finish like top 10, one of them is going to miss the cut. So, sorry. All right. Well, that's okay. I do love the contrarian nature of this lineup, though. So, if we if we see duplicated lineups, well, thanks for listening to the pod. We knew it was you. So, let's get to uh, – I've got 8,100 left. Will Zalatoris right at 8,100. Um, again, he's a guy that hasn't played yet this year, so I'm trying to stay away from those guys. Same goes for Louis Oosthuizen, who – Look, Louis is one of these guys. I wrote him up as my favorite fade in my column just because I really didn't have anyone else I hated uh, out of that top tier. But Louis is a guy that you watch him play, you go, man, sweetest swing in the world, Louis. He's so good, man. Louis got a major. He's finished runner-up in all four of them. He's got the, the grand slam of runner-ups. And then look at me. He's never won an event in the U.S. I, I just don't see how you could ever bet on Louis Ustays. And I, I and I, I don't use him very often in DFS. He's probably a top 50 player that I use less than just about anybody else out there. So moving further down, I don't mind Fowler. I really like Cameron Davis. Cameron Champ, I thought was going to have more people talking about him right now than are, but uh, I'm going to move down just a little bit less, save us 300 bucks on the back end. And uh, Gary Woodland is a guy that has played really well here in the past. Talked about being healthy after last week, and he's lost about 25 pounds 
um, but but should be more flexible, hitting that driver really well. So I, I think Gary Woodland is primed for a really nice year. I think that's a really good call. He was battling a ton of injuries, and uh, I think the little time off really helped him uh, look good last week just to me from the, the eye test, and the stats were pretty decent. So I really like this lineup. Uh, I would go back and change Harry Higgs because uh, I think that's just with, with Higgs and uh, Patrick Rogers together. Give me someone like James Hahn at 7,100. I think we're really cooking with gas. Okay. All right. So we've got uh, Rory McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, Gary Woodland, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Rogers, and Harry Higgs or James Hahn. Maybe both. But, uh, let's put James Hahn in and then okay. come back next week if Harry Higgs plays well and say we, we set the mic next. I, I will say that if I was consulted on that, I really like James Hahn this week. Me, I, me. Like Hahn, I like Hahn better than Higgs. Given that I want to gamble on Patrick Rogers, I think he has better. I like him more than I like Higgs, and it's a similar type of setup, like miscut or really good finish. So I like the hunt. Some inside knowledge on Patrick Rogers has moved to L.A. Uh, I think has a young young baby that's either due or just had a baby. So sometimes that's sometimes it's a good thing. But spoke with one player who said, "Look, living in L.A. and having a young kid and traveling from there is not an easy proposition." So. You might want to hold off on Rogers for a little okay. bit. So little just, little just that's not in the model. So that's a little inside info that might not be in the model. Some of us have models. Some of us actually talk to players. So I'm just saying. I'm just that's, saying. That's, I'm just saying. Interesting. Uh, that is our lineup, whether it's got uh, Han, Higgs, Rogers, whatever combo on, on the back end there. But uh, I like that play. And uh, I can't wait for this week, Peter. No football going on. It's going to be a lot of focus on Torrey Pines. I can't imagine this not being a big boy leaderboard. Maybe not just. Rory, Rom, Finau, Hideki, Xander, but uh, I think some combination of, you know, five of those uh, big name players in the top 10 going into Sunday's final round is going to be, uh, I think, a, a pretty good bet. So I can't wait for this one. Uh, Petey, thanks for everything. Good luck this week. Good luck with all your Super Bowl plays. I uh, do. Never been busier, but it's fun to have all these opportunities and uh, super fun to be on the podcast. And uh, good luck to you too, Jason. If you were selling a moment of our podcast, how much could you get for it? Dude, they're freaking skyrocketing. <laughs> these moments in time, man. We live for moments. That's, that's all I'll say. I, I did like, I, I'm not sure who it was. I think you retweeted it, but I, I did like it. Life is, like, life is not about the destination. It's about buying all the little moments along the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was very, That's my life right now. <laughs> very, very well said. And that is your life. So uh, thanks to everybody for listening to the Action Network podcast. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. And here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking. <laughs> 